welcome to the Digiday Podcast. I'm Kaylee Barber, media editor at Digiday. I'm Tim Peterson, senior media editor at Digiday. So this is week three of our creator series in which we talk with different content creators from a variety of different platforms. And this week's episode, Tim, you spoke with Blizzbear, who is a Twitch streamer. And I think that that's a really interesting platform that I personally don't use quite a bit, but I am very intrigued by it because it's a very like off the cuff um, personality based place. And I'm curious how Blizzbear got into becoming a full-time Twitch streamer. Yeah, he's like, you know, we just had the episode with uh, Chris Collins, who's, you know, during the pandemic became this big TikTok creator. And Blizz's story is kind of similar where during the pandemic, uh, I think it was June 2020, he started, you know, streaming on Twitch. Like he, you know, liked video games, but kind of just was doing it for fun. And then by February 2021, he was able to go full time as a Twitch streamer. Um, and so, like, that's pretty, you know, quick to go from just, you know, starting streaming to then being a full time creator. But he's been making it work. He's doing sponsored live streams and kind of the whole gamut. And yeah, Twitch is very much a um, a platform with kind of a steep learning curve. Like even just preparing for this interview, I had to learn like uh, Blizz you know, describes himself as a cozy streamer. And so I had to figure out what does that mean? Yeah, interesting. I think like the the thing about Twitch is there's toxicity on every social media platform, right? Like there's a lot of concerns that people have either from a brand safety standpoint or even like parents watching over what their kids are looking at. Like there's a lot of concerns when it comes to social media, but I feel like Twitch particularly has a tendency for toxicity in the streaming comments and people who kind of feel the need to say whatever they are feeling in the moment. And I'm curious how he kind of deals with that, if if that's something that he mentions. Because out of all the platforms we talk about, I feel like something can go awry very quickly on, I think you mentioned a sponsored stream. Like, is that something that he gets into at all? Yeah, yeah. So he talks about how he's a queer Black streamer. And so that um, unfortunately, there are racists out there and bigots out there who will go after people like Blizz. And so he's experienced, I think he said, three hate raids. And one happened in March, where, and it was during a sponsored stream. But he has like a really good perspective on it and handle, handling of it. Like, obviously, it's it sucks to be subject to that. But the way that he's kind of cultivated his community they all his audience seems really supportive of him and so when that happened with the hate raid on the sponsored stream in march he was just like all right you know what i'm gonna i've fulfilled the sponsor commitment now we're just gonna shut it down i just need to i need to get away from this right now um and, and he talks about like how twitch has been you know doing things to mitigate those hate raids and there was even coverage around the time in march of how you know, this was kind of a sudden uptick in hate raids after hate raids not being as prevalent on the platform in a while. And and all this came back to like, it sounds like one white nationalist that was just targeting LGBTQ streamers on Twitch. And unfortunately, Blizz was one of those who was targeted. But again, I think he's a really good example of how he handled that in the community he's built. Yeah, I mean... 
I don't know. Twitch is just a very interesting social media platform in general, but I'm really interested to hear about how he handles the gravity of those situations, but also how he's been succeeding despite them. So I'll let you get into the conversation with him. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Kayla. Liz, welcome to the Digital Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So, Blizz, we're doing this limited series focused on creators. In each episode, we have a creator who's kind of representative of one of the major platforms. You are our Twitch streamer for this. And one <laughs> oh, of the no. <laughs> fun parts of these interviews is kind of like hearing about just the day in a life of a creator, because I think there are a lot of misperceptions out there and that those misperceptions can also be specific to individual platforms. Oh, a person's an Instagrammer. Well, they're just taking like a couple selfies a day and that's like they clock in, clock out. With the Twitch streamer, I think the misperception is kind of the opposite. If you're spending 12 to 15 hours gaming while streaming at the same time, and then you're going off and you're eating some Doritos for dinner, going to sleep, (laughs) and then you wake up at 2 p.m. the next day and you kind of do it all over again. What is the like reality of what your average day looks like? Oh, so this is this is a very first and foremost good question because I just talked about this on stream last night. So I'm fully prepared for this. Um, there is a lot of work that goes into streaming. And I didn't know this when first starting. And I'm happy that I've grown got to this point of like my Twitch career where I it's now all natural. But uh, streaming is not just you pressing go live and playing video games and talking to chat. Uh, it's also stuff that you have to do off stream, uh, setting up your uh, overlay, setting up everything that you have, all the fun little gadgets you have for your stream. Sometimes it's answering emails, talking to companies, trying to uh, edit your videos and make sure that they're on other platforms like YouTube or TikTok. So that way you get discoverability and have more people come in. So you're constantly wondering how you can grow and constantly working on your own brand and solidifying your own brand. So like, I tell people, I do wake up at 12. I'm not going to lie to you. I wake up at 12, but I tend to work from 12 p.m. to 4 a.m. And then I wake up at 12 and then just do it again. But what's really cool um, for me, and I would highly recommend any creator listening to this, have a day where you are away from the computer. Like every week, have like two days where you take a step back and you just kind of relax. You can schedule stuff up if you need to for, to post that day, but like just step away from the computer, like exist in your own life. Because not everything is on the computer and it's okay to like not miss uh, or it's okay to not be on Twitch 24-7. Right. What's your day? Uh, so my day is Monday. <laughs> my, days, my two days are Monday and Thursdays. And uh, what's different about today, though, is I, I have to travel soon. So I'm just doing a couple of stuff earlier than uh, I thought I would. So. Got it. Yeah, for anyone listening, we're recording this on a Monday. So that's it's a Monday. <laughs> he said today's his off day, and we forced him to be on the computer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just, and my lawyers will contact your lawyers, and it's okay. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll get that sorted. It'll be people five rungs above, above my pay level that yes. I have to sort them out, so I'm not worried. Um, but you are, like, that kind of gets at something also that I thought was interesting is, like, you're pretty regimented with your your streaming schedule. It's not just, oh, I'll go live whenever, but you have a specific schedule that you stick to of Sunday, Tuesday, Friday, but then also you do Wednesday streams. And I, I think you also do like streams outside of that. But how did you 
arrive at, you know what, I'm going to have a kind of set schedule? Um, I've had, so I've changed my time schedule, but like not my day schedule. Um, I, for some odd reason, I just enjoy doing Sunday streams. I do, I enjoy doing Tuesday, Wednesdays and Friday streams. I think originally, and I can't really remember the mindset I was in. I think I actually tested to see, you know, um, what days I felt better streaming. So I probably did streaming for the seven days and I was like, well, I liked doing streaming on a Sunday, so I'm going to keep Sunday. Um, but originally I used to start at seven 30 or seven o'clock actually. And I realized that wasn't enough time for me to do the things that I needed to do, like cook dinner, uh, work out if I need to have everything set up before stream. So I changed it to eight and right now it's like eight 15 ish. We kind of, we kind of see where we end up, but, um, having a set schedule is really helpful, especially for, uh, your growth because it gets people into the like mindset of consistency. And they're like, Oh, I know it's Sunday at eight. I can watch blizz. Um, but also don't be afraid to change your schedule a little bit. It's a okay. I'm streaming today. I'm streaming today and it's not a day that I normally stream. Um, but I've, I've had constant communication with my community being like, hi, I'm doing something today just a heads up because I won't be here for the rest of the week. So it's difficult to set a schedule and it's hard to stay consistent on the schedule. But I feel like sometimes people are going to beat themselves up when they don't complete a schedule and that's a okay. You can't be a hundred percent every week. And that's, that is a okay. That's just human nature. Do you ever hear back from your followers on like, Hey, could you actually like, instead of Wednesday, Wednesdays at two Eastern, like if you could do that later, that'd be really helpful for me. Cause like <laughs> my job just won't allow me to tune in live and I'd like to tune in live. I haven't heard that. And I think the reason for that is because um, so I was recently told this and I think this is the wildest thing. People watch my like VODs, like the past streams that I do. They like just log in the work and they're like, oh, I wonder what Blizz did yesterday. Let me just turn on the video. He was uh, streaming yesterday. And so like, there's no like complaining there because they're just like, yeah, I get to still have you in the background for like background noise. And like, I can watch you that way. So like, everyone's been happy with my schedule because I do um, run so late. Well, it's like 8 p.m. But I'm a, I'm a night streamer mostly except for Wednesdays. Um, I cater to like the folks who are like cooking dinner or like winding down at the end of the night, which is really nice. Um, or maybe across the other side of the world, just waking up. So it's, it's kind of like a sweet spot for me and a sweet spot for everyone else in terms of like scheduling. Right. And I mean, you stream for at times like six hours at a time. Now that's not a full work shift, but someone <laughs> could like pop in after work or right before they have to be going to work. Like the fact that you're able to do that for six hours at a time, is kind of ridiculous to me. It's like those radio hosts who can do like marathon, just kind of talking to the microphone. I guess you have an audience to be interacting <laughs> with, so maybe that helps it. But at what point did you start to think, you know what, I could host a live show for six hours at a run multiple times a week? I want to say about six months in. Um, so I mostly, in the beginning of my Twitch career, I was mostly doing a lot of gaming content. Um, and then about like six, seven months in, um, I started trying out just chatting content and just talking and seeing what it's like to just have a conversation with my community and, and like engage with them a lot more. Um, and it's gotten to a bad habit, but maybe a good habit. Who's to say? Because I will have a stream. I will title it. Okay, we're going to play Stardew Valley today. Um, and I will accidentally talk for eight hours and completely forget to open up a game. 
and they'll they'll be like, it's fine. You're, you, we had fun for eight hours. We didn't play Stardew Valley, and this is false advertisement. But it's fine. We won't we won't complain about it. And I'm like, okay, all right, that's good to know. But like, it's I I've had to practice. It took it took um, multiple days of practices and multiple streams of practicing, um, and knowing like what talking points I could use, knowing my community a little bit more, and knowing like what topics are going to get them engaged in the conversation and keep the conversation flowing. Uh, and it's, it, it's really hard to do that and understand like what your community is like. But once you sit down and have that conversation and start taking mental notes in your head of like, Oh, when I mentioned pineapple doesn't belong on pizza, that's the response I got. And now chat is, <laughs> see, now chat is already mad at me and now they're all yelling at me, but we're having a fun time still or something like that. Like I, I, I know that it's going to start a certain conversation. Um, that will lead us to probably doing like a, a pizza topping tier tier list or something like that. So it's like knowing how to gateway from conversation to conversation it takes practice. But once you have it like down, then it's it's pretty cool. It's it's pretty like fun. You create cool memories that way. And I know you're in Maryland. Is this just East Coast bias against pineapple and pizza? One of my closest friends is in is on the East Coast, and he's also a staunch like. Tim, never put your pineapple on pizza around me. Um, so here's the here's my issue because I have a bias. I'm allergic to pineapple, so I could never have it anyway. But also, why are we putting fruit on pineapple? I understand tomatoes are fruits. I was gonna say, but <laughs> why are we putting fruit on pineapple? This is this is the hill that I'm gonna die on, and that's okay. I personally believe mushrooms are the best toppings on a pizza. So no, I, I had. A bad experience with mushrooms on pizza when I was <laughs> young. I don't need to relay that here and gross people out, but like, okay, so we both have like kind of ingrained biases. We could switch it around. This could be an interview for you right now. I'm like, so let's talk about it. Mushrooms. No, no, we, no one wants to hear that conversation, not even myself <laughs> in my own head. Um, but so you mentioned how you kind of practice and you prepare for these six hour live streams or not even it's i mean even three hours is a long time for any person to be in a conversation how like what goes into that preparation because i know you have kind of the topics if you will of the stream of like okay i'm going to be playing this game or we're going to be building this lego set or we're just kind of going to hang out and it's you know a Wednesday and we'll just talk about whatever's going on that Wednesday. But what's the kind of that preparation process for you heading into a stream? So um, something that's really important that I start my stream with every time uh, is a cup of tea. You need to get honey, uh, especially if you're going to be talking for a long period of time. Honey is great for like your vocal cords. Um, so starting off stream with that and there's also, um, you kind of, I don't know. There's, it's just a feeling, you know, exactly right when you press live, you know, exactly like what you're going to say and how you're going to do it, but you don't know it in that moment. It only happens in the first five minutes of you pressing live, uh, whether it is something that relevant that's happening on Twitch or, um, happening on Twitter that I can talk about. And I know I, I feel comfortable having this conversation, um, or just, I don't know, just popular media happening out there or something that can be very engaging with my chat. Like I talk about tier list systems a lot um, or 
I don't know U.S. geography, and I it's not because the education system failed me. Or maybe it did. <laughs> Who's to maybe. say? Um, I cannot tell you for the life of me where Arizona is. So, like, we'll we'll spend time uh, on chat where I'm like, hey, chat, is that a state? And they're like, what do you mean? Because I just found <laughs> out recently that uh, New Orleans is not a state. Um, and so, like, we'll spend some time and open up a map quiz and I'm like, okay, we're going to do this together and see what's going on and see how much I know. Um, but like just doing simple stuff like that, uh, that I'm really big on engaging with my community. So like simple stuff that kind of ties them into the conversation, makes them feel like they are seen because they are seen and they're all complex human beings. Every viewer is an uh, individual. It's not just a number. It's not just a view to me. It's someone who's living their life and wanting to spend some time to like exist on the internet with the other blizbies so yeah we're gonna take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and we'll be right back so i mean this is kind of a hard question to answer but like one of the things that is really daunting to me about streaming for three hours or six hours is just god that's three hours of opportunity for me to say the wrong thing to air out a, a take that's way hotter than pineapple on pizza is delicious. <laughs> and, but like you mentioned, you have this community that you've built on stream where you can say something like, is New Orleans a state or not? And they're not <laughs> flaming you for it. They're not, you know, you're not, you know, the, it's not like, you know, uh, uncut gems and all of that kind of thing. Like how, again, hard question to answer, but I'm curious, like, if there was anything you did intentionally to create kind of that community where people are more forgiving than you would typically associate with, like, comment sections on any major platform. Yeah. So um, I think starting my Twitch career, I went out of my way to make sure I had, like, kind of community guidelines. I'm trying to make this seem as less of a cult as possible. <laughs> um, so having, like, community pillars, which isn't a term that you shouldn't use when you're not trying to create a cult. Um, but community pillars basically um, stating like what I wanted from my community and education was one of them. I wanted to learn. Um, I'm a queer individual in like, well, before I was living in a, a, a area that wasn't really like catering to me being a, a queer black kid. So I wanted to find other individuals uh, like me online. And that's why I came to Twitch. I wanted to find other people who look like me and identified as me. Um, and that in itself brought in the want for education, the want for people wanting to learn more about themselves and more about each other. So like, imagine that starting very early in like the first month or two of your Twitch career. And then like, you're getting to a year. And that's already that understanding of like, we're all learning here. It's okay. Sometimes we are going to make mistakes, um, but it's how you recover from your mistakes that really matter and how you apologize for your mistakes that really matter. Um, and so anytime I say something that I feel like I messed up, even if it's something like is New Orleans a state or something that's like, um, hi, I have a quick question about like 
pronouns. And I, we're going to spend some time real quick of me researching what my question is. And if y'all have anything that you want to add on to my research of what I'm looking for or help me in my answer, then please do, because I'm just sitting here wanting to learn. Because it's not just me learning about pronouns, but it's also me learning about my community and their experiences with the topic that's at hand. So that's really, that's important to me. I, I, I really care about my community a lot. I don't know if it's because I'm a Pisces or something like that, but I care about people a lot. Um, so it's, <laughs> it, it's hard to sometimes feel like you're going to slip up in what you're saying, but also you got to understand that you are human at the end of the day. And people know my attentions right off the bat that I'm not in any way trying to cause any harm or any trauma. And majority of the time when I say things, it's not doing that. Um, it's most of the time me making a, um, a, a simple mistake that is hilarious in the long run. And people are like, I can't believe Blizz did this, or I can't believe Blizz said that. Or a lot of the times I, something will sound inappropriate when I say it, but I don't realize I said it. And everyone's like, Blizz, we're going to bonk you real quick. Cause that's inappropriate. That's bad. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We're just talking about like, I don't know, a shovel digging holes or something like that. No, but I yeah. watched your um, your YouTube welcome video, and and even that, I mean that's a <laughs> re- recorded on demand video, and you're just like, yeah, I'm just gonna be free balling here. Oh, free I was, I was like, I don't know why I would say that, <laughs> but it's all like in my head. I'm just like, this is so innocent. I can say this, and I'm like, I have a community that will not agree that <laughs> with what I'm saying that that's innocent. They'll say, no, 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 that's inappropriate, Blaz. You're done. So. <laughs> And with that, I mean, hate to take kind of this hard right turn, but like there are still, you know, the issues in March, you were subject to a hate raid at the same time. I think a lot of LGBTQ streamers were subjected to that hate raid by a white nationalist. And you tweeted out like, this was the final nail in the coffin for you. What did you mean? (sighs) Yeah. So, um, that's a good question. First and foremost, um, March was a very tough week for me in uh, general, and sometimes streaming is a very comforting thing for me. Um, sometimes I will start stream, and I talk about energy level, or I talk about spoons sometimes, um, and I'll start stream with about like 60% energy level, being like, I look, I'm only streaming because I just need a break and I need a breather. And that's the main reason that I started streaming in the first place. I also needed a, a space that I could escape to. And that's what streaming came for me. So that's what my March was. I was feeling bad. I went to stream. I was also doing a sponsored stream at the time, and then getting hate rated in the middle of me doing a sponsored stream, which at that point you're messing with my money and I'm a, I am a businessman. So <laughs> you're messing with my money. I'm already upset. Um, and so that was kind of a final straw for me where I realized I'm very upset about this and I need to take a step back because like this in itself is a hate crime. This is someone attacking me for how I look or how I identify. And like that, that can be damaging to like, you emotionally and if i wasn't in the right headspace that that could be bad it could be really bad and i'm i'm hoping like other creators don't have to go through the experiences that um, a lot of us have had on twitch because this is my i want to say my third time being hate rated and i've only been twitch streaming like officially for less than two years so it, it it hurts a little bit knowing that there are people out there not knowing anything about me other than being a black bisexual male on the internet and wanting to attack me or ruin my life because of it. So like that, it, that was a lot. That was a lot for me emotionally. So I just kind of 
said that was the final nail. I got to take a break because if I'm not going to take a break, this is going to mess with me mentally a lot more than um, I want it to. And it's not an, it's not an indicator of the person on the other side winning. It's an indicator that I know myself more and I know what I am able to take. And this wasn't something I was able to take that day. So I took a step back. I think it's so brave that someone – I think it's so brave when someone knows their limit. They know what they are able to handle. I think that's the bravest thing ever. Um Versus someone completely uh, constantly putting themselves in triggering moments or um, hurtful situations that's going to mess with them in the long run. No, know your limits. Know how much you can take. If you want to push yourself, you can push yourself. But please know your limits and know your energy. So, yeah. And I mean, in the past, you know, raids were something that was kind of happened on Twitch. And and there were, you know, have even been, you know, kind of the swatting thing where people will find out a streamer's address and send SWAT teams to their location. But I know Twitch has like tried to do some things to address those, to protect streamers. And one of the things about like that March, cause it, it did seem to be a wave where you were affected, other LGBTQ streamers were affected, um, that whereas like all of a sudden this was coming up. And I think it was like this, this one white nationalist that was largely responsible or was, being seen as responsible, but have you, has Twitch done anything to mitigate this moving forward? Yes. So, um, the March situation, um, that was the later hate raid. So because it's, it's very weird because sometimes with trauma, there are good things that come out of it, but it sucks that you have to go through the trauma sometimes to get the good things that you need. Um, but, uh, there were hate raids that happened before and a lot of resources that came out during those hate raids. So like when we were being attacked by the like white nationalists, um, we already had things prepared. I already had my buttons prepared for a hate raid of shutting down chat, um, putting sub mo- uh, sub only mode on, um, follower only mode on. I know Twitch also came out with a couple of informational, um, things that, uh, basically let you know, like, just in case you get hate raid, these are some of the things that you can put on. I know, um, stream elements and streamlabs also set out safety goal or safety, uh, resources and safety, like, um, buttons, Sorry, safety buttons on their uh, page just in case, you know, a hate raid would happen. And then also uh, Twitch put out a and I'm opening it right now as I'm speaking it. Um, Twitch put out more moderation and more safety like settings uh, that I've noticed probably in the past two months. That's been really helpful um, in making sure that you are keeping your community safe and your chat safe because the issue isn't really like me. I think I don't think the issue is me. I don't really care about what the um, white nationalist says about me in general. I just want to make sure my community is okay because I've heard everything under the sun that nothing, nothing is original anymore for me. If someone is saying something hurtful to me, I've probably heard it already growing up or anything like that. Um, but my issue is I don't want something being said that triggers someone else in my own chat that who wasn't ready to deal with hateful words like that. So personally for me, I don't care if you're attacking me, but I'm going to try my best to protect my community. And my moderators know the same thing that I am. I am all for protecting them. So. Got it. And then as you mentioned, like this was during a sponsored stream. So it's also like protecting your livelihood. What was the conversation with the sponsor about that after the fact? Um, 
I basically, so I, because I uh, work with a management team, um, I basically just let my management know, uh, hi, this happened during my stream. This isn't the first time this has happened where I've been hate rated during a sponsor stream. So it also, when it happened in March, it again hit a little bit harder because I it felt like I was going through another situation that I did back in October. Um, but it was the conversation with my management team was a little bit easier. I don't know how they um, talked to the sponsor about it, but it didn't seem like it was an issue because I still was able to portray the game that they wanted me to and hit the points that, that they wanted me to. It just kind of hits you in like the vibes and hits you in the energy of like, okay. And I think um, like directly after the sponsor segment was over, I was like, I'm going to end stream because I think I need to take a break. And honestly, I think we all need to take a break. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, I watched that one. And with the, is that something where you mentioned your management team is the one dealing with the sponsors, but like because this has happened a couple times, is that something where you have to or they have to have kind of an upfront conversation with the sponsor? Like, hey, this is something that may happen. Because, I mean, you don't want the hate rate <laughs> at all anyway. But then hate rate to happen, the sponsors say, Oh, well, that was unfortunate. Actually, like, we don't feel like we got our money's worth. We're not going to be able to pay you for this, which is just that's why it is. It really is. But you have to make sure that you um, read the contract at hand uh, because there are certain deliverables that they're looking for. Uh, when it comes to like them portraying the game. And if, as long as I hit those deliverables, as long as I do everything that they have asked for me to do in the contract, then legally you do have to pay me. So, <laughs> and it, although may, the vibe may be shot, but I was still able to successfully portray the game that you wanted me to portray, then I, I, I still did the job. Um, but it's, it's difficult sometimes because I, I've seen some people be in similar situations where, you can see on their face, you can see in their energy that they got hit hard in the middle of them trying to positively portray a game that they are supposed to be showcasing. And it it, it hurts. Um, but it's like we're trying our best every day to try to survive on this platform and also try to survive in our own life because like this is the money that we use to live and live in the places that we live and live the life that we do live. Um, so... It's a diff. It's difficult. It's really difficult. But like, I, it's gonna take a lot to stop me. In the, I feel like a, a villain when I say this. It's gonna take a lot to stop me, um, because I'm very stubborn, and I know in the long run what I'm doing now is really good and really positive, and it's changing people's lives for the better. And I want to continue doing that, and I want to continue being that type of resource on this platform. So regardless no matter what is said to me no matter what is done to me i am going to be a very difficult boss to defeat at the end so um i'm respectfully not the one to mess with (laughs) i love that and then you mentioned like this is your livelihood not i mean not more people than a decade ago but still like becoming a full-time Twitch streamer, becoming a full-time creator is still kind of like becoming a professional athlete where it's kind of, it's hard to do and it's rare for people to achieve that. And you've only been streaming for, like you said, little under two years, at least seriously. Like what, at what point did, were you able to make enough from streaming that you were able to go full-time? Cause you had a pretty serious job before you became yeah, a full-time did. streamer. <laughs> I used to work for the British Aerospace Engineering Systems. So uh, I worked for the government, which was really cool. Um, But I started realizing that um, 
what I was doing, my mental health was complete crap. I wasn't happy in the job I was happy in. And I was streaming at the same time I was uh, employed with them. And and it's nothing on the job. It's just, or nothing for the on the company. It's just that job just wasn't suited for me. And I could tell. But when I was streaming, I noticed myself being a lot happier. But then it started becoming a, uh, an issue because I was streaming directly after work, being super tired for work. And I was like, something has to give. And... Right now, I feel like I'm doing a lot good, a lot of good in my Twitch career, and I think I could try to make this full time. But for the longest time, um, I want to say in January 2021, I was very scared to do that. I didn't, I, I didn't, I was very hesitant. But then I started watching um, this uh, cartoon called Steven Universe, uh, and it told me to quit my job. And I also listening, <laughs> to, listening to some songs that I'm like dang, why am I crying in my car right now leaving work? Because I'm just so frustrated and irritated and I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done. So in February, February 2nd, 2021, I quit my job at uh, BAE Systems. And then three days later, I was offered Twitch partnership. So it kind of felt like I closed one door and another door opened. And that kind of validated and affirmed me that I made the right choice in what I was doing. And, and being like, offered here. So <laughs> yeah. And being offered Twitch partnership. I mean, that means, okay, now you can become part of the revenue sharing program. It's not like you were already part of it when at the point you quit your job. Um, in terms of like revenue, uh, I don't know. I don't know about the revenue partnership program, but in terms of revenue, it's basically like the same, um, for, for partners. Uh, mostly you get the check, you get, um, like immediate like a technical help if you need help with any like uh subscriptions or anything for bots or stuff like that um there's like more resources available for you when being a partner um but it also like i know a lot of companies look for folks who have the check mark so like potentially more opportunities more sponsorships um was it something where like you hit a point of I know some creators have talked about like when they've made these career switches of, okay, well, I need to be making enough in, you know, my currently part-time job as a creator. I need that salary to match my full-time job salary for me to make the switch. Or I need to have three months of income saved up in order for me to make the switch. Where were you at in February, 2021? When do you quit your job? Um, so just got a promotion at my job. Uh, the pay was really nice. Um, and when it comes to Twitch pay in general, it can fluctuate because you're basically basing a lot of your revenue on, um, folks subbing or giving donations or, uh, throwing bits in your, in your way. Um, but I was at a point in February and March that it was really good for me. And I was like, I could live off of, you know, just doing Twitch. I was very calculated in how I did it. So I did calculate how much I my living expenses would be, how much bills would be and stuff like that. Um and this was when I was still living at my parents' place and I calculated it and I decided, you know, I have to put confidence in myself and confidence in my career if I really want to make this a full-time thing. Um so I just did it and then it started, I mean, paying off as what I calculated happened and I was making enough to in order to not only live, but eventually move out of my parents' place and be in my own apartment uh, with like my partner. And I'm like, that's so simple. I mean, that's so simple. It's like so like 
nice to have that type of environment now where I have my own streaming room that isn't in my bedroom. Um, and I have like more space to kind of just live unapologetically like myself, but I have like huge thanks to my community for that because they've supported me for this long and they're still supporting me for this long that I'm able to do the things that I need to do or do the things that I like want to do in terms of like traveling or um, having these awesome opportunities where I have to like board a plane and like less than 12 hours and, <laughs> and then fly out and do stuff like that. So um, I'm very thankful for my community and I'm happy that I was able to successfully think about how much I would need in order to survive as a content creator. Um, and also the sponsorships. I Any sponsorships or partnerships I have with companies, that's also been very helpful to have that money in order to, in order to like live happily and comfortably. Right. And creators can have all kinds of different income streams. Um, I think advertising and sponsorships is generally the one most associated. But with you, like, what are the different income streams you have? And, and could you break them down in terms of, you know, half of, you know, my income comes from advertising and sponsorships or half comes from tips and Patreon type things? Um, majority of my, so I think I only have like two ways of uh, gaining like funds or anything or any pay. Um, but I want to say majority and I want to say maybe 60 or 70%, um, comes from subs and comes from, uh, bits and donations from my community. Um, and then a lot of it, which isn't calculated a lot of the times within like what I need to live because I use my Twitch, um, payouts to pay for like my bills. And then anything I get sponsorship wise is mostly for like, not luxury, but like if I want to go out to eat or something like that, it's uh, more of like money in my pockets versus um, me having to pay my rent or stuff like that. I always set things aside for paying for bills um, and that's mostly by Twitch. So that's 70% of that. And then like sponsorships would probably be around, <sighs> probably would be around like the 30% range. Um Cause it's not something that's guaranteed. I don't get sponsorships every day. I don't have a one year partnerships with anyone. Um, a lot of the times when I do work with companies, it's like a one-off type of situation where they only ask for like one stream and then they'll might come back like a couple months later saying, Hey, we have this game that we'd love for you to showcase as well. Um, and we enjoyed working with you last time. So a lot of the times I'm still early in my career. Maybe I'm not, I don't know. It's not two years yet officially, but I'm still trying to gain rapport with companies. Um, and having them like know me as, oh, this is Blizzbear. We've worked with him before. This is the type of content that he can create. And I know like everyone was happy with it last time. So I know he's able to do that again. So I'm still in those stages. Um, but eventually I'll probably get like a one year partnership where I can get like a consistency, like salary or paycheck or something like that. That'd be cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Making a living as a creator. That's just for a lot of people. That's the dream. So you're living it. Um, well, I know you can talk for six hours at a time, <laughs> but unfortunately we got to wrap the interview there. But Bliss, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. I was like super excited because I was like, oh, cool. I love doing interviews and talking. This is basically what I do on stream. So <laughs> I can just translate it into, you know, uh, interview. So this is great. It's really great. Yeah. Thanks again. 
And thank you for listening to the Digiday Podcast. Please don't forget to share this episode with someone who you think would enjoy it. You can even rate us on Apple Podcasts if you like. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you.